Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. That's because the election has changed mortgage rates dramatically. Broadcasting from the KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's time for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. It's already uh, very December-y. I, got, I must have the, like, December um, congestion and cold. I think I sound funny. Oh. No. I don't know. You sound like you're, uh, like it's a Saturday morning in December is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And boy, if I could script a better day for radio, it, I, I don't think I can. Script a better day for radio than today. Just to be inside. Just a nice, drizzly Saturday morning. Yeah. You know? You get to look out this fantastic window yeah. that I have behind me here. Yeah, what I'm doing is I'm imagining myself crawling out of bed right now in my PJs. Coffee. Coffee, little blanket maybe, and the radio on, and I'm just sitting there enjoying it. But no, I, I'm, I, I'm here right now. I got up this morning <laughs> a little after 6. The fire in the living room. Oh, that's nice. Had some coffee. Oh, that's, cool. that's not even an option. Hang out next to the Christmas tree. It's all lit up right now. Uh, it's very peaceful. Yeah. And then my wife, she wasn't content with that, so she put on This Is Us. So <laughs> I was I was still finalizing the week's notes for the show over the top <laughs> of the laptop. I'm watching This Is Us, and I, I, I don't love the show. But I always go, is this the part? Is this where they're making us cry? Is it here? <laughs> is, this it? is this the heart-wrenching part? I think that's why I don't watch And that today, show. the grandma who's like uh, dealing with some dementia has <laughs> lost her phone and she's uh, out in town and no, just, I mean, I, I left before it really came to the, the climax of whatever heartbreaking tragedy was going to happen. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know... So you've already had a good cry this morning. I didn't. I got out of there. I got out of there before. It. Just based uh, on the comments of the last few minutes, I already have the bumper music come back from the first break. Uh-oh. There it is. He must be a This Is Us fan. He knows what music goes with it. No, it's more of the Christmassy thing. Oh, okay. Okay, about, yeah. You know? Yeah, you look out the window behind me here, and it's like, it just... It's a good radio day. It is. It seems like it's a Christmassy day. Yeah. Somewhat. Yeah. I'll just Perfect. take this opportunity to remind you guys that it's also uh, Pearl Harbor Day today. Exactly. I, December 7th, 1941. Yeah. 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 Um, day that will live in infamy. That's right. Uh, I can't believe we're already this uh, deep into December. And I said it a little bit ago on the show, but I just said uh, October Halloween hit me quick. Was like, wait, that's trick or treating's like tomorrow. And um, man, the holiday Thanksgiving week, all the madness, and now here it is. It's it's December seventh, and um, it's weird to me. I'm not ready yet. Although my wife put up the Christmas tree, 
I came home on Thursday from work, and the boys strung the Christmas lights around the house. I didn't even have to do it. Oh. They, and they That's look, nice. They look yeah. great. I think that right there is my least favorite part of Christmas. Putting up the lights? Putting the lights on the tree. Oh. Because I want them to look good. And I was talking just... about the lights around the house. Oh, no. That part's actually pretty easy. That part's fine. And and a few years ago when we bought our house oh. first Christmas after we got the new house, screwed in all these little See, fingers yeah. in the Once eaves, you have the hooks, boom, you're good. It's easy. Them. But I just want you to know that when you're... Without asking anyone, you come home and your teenage boys have hung the lights around the exterior That's of the house. That's pretty sweet. Um, and I know you haven't done this yet, but uh, your your um, OCD tendencies le- lend yourself <laughs> well to this. We got that tree from Costco like yeah. a million years ago that's all lit. Yeah. So you just stack the three pieces up and you plug her in. And then you go get some chemical agent to emit the pine smell into yeah. the house no, can't do that's it. missing. So yeah, Dan and I are on the same page with that one. Got to do the real deal. I read articles this year that Christmas trees are at shortage. Um, they were blaming the recession that some people abandoned it. And so there are fewer trees available, which is driving up the cost of the cut I found trees. plenty of trees, but what I it seemed like they were really skinny this year. Hmm. The trees. I usually am looking at like a noble fir, or I really like silver tips, but those are hard to find. First of all, and the ones I did see, they were like pencil thin, and he, I mean like three foot gaps between branches. Mm. I was like, I didn't know if there was a. Maybe those are the grain fed Christmas trees. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Non-organic. You gotta go. You gotta go to Home Depot and get the corn fed Christmas tree. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Was Walmart selling Christmas trees? There's a corn fed. I know it. Yeah. It's craziness, but yeah, you know. But I get a Christmas tree lot down the street from my house every year, and it's just, it's just. It's. Just I love the silly. process. Yeah. I like taking the family out, get a little. Uh-huh hot cocoa and yeah. we're just walking around the lot and the kids are chasing each other and yeah we you know, we, do, we do that periodically or we'll still go do the like the whole experience thing we just don't need to leave with a tree <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> nothing strapped to the top of the station wagon this year honey but we'll go take the free hot cocoa right. <laughs> we went we went a few years ago though leave the fake tree in the garage and go get a real one yeah. Because that's 120 bucks. you're stoked to spend. Go to the Christmas tree lot. They give you a bow saw, and you go cut the thing off. Uh, of course, my kids wanted one, like, way up on a hill. Yeah. Not, <laughs> none of those the ones down low with good shape. We didn't go up a hill. Um, so, yeah, that's fun, though. I mean, I like all that. Yeah, it's fun. Mm. So you already got a tree, Dan? Got a tree, yeah. I started – I got lights about halfway onto it before I got frustrated. I can and, see uh, Dan standing back. Dang, man. There's too much gap between the two lights. Too many over exactly. here. Not it's, enough over there. You have to evenly disperse yeah. the lights. It can't just be on the outset, the tips of the branches. It has to be in there, too. Yeah, yeah. And then I get a white strand and a colored strand, and I want them all mixed <laughs> nice and evenly. Mm-hmm. So just it takes a lot of effort. I would say it takes like three to four hours to get the lights on the tree. <laughs> Dan's kids are little too. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like my daughter's so excited. The boys always like the tree too. My daughter loves the tree. And when she was short, she wants to put on all the ornaments. And so you end up with this is like 
massive over decoration that's <laughs> like the three half. feet off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to move them up to like, you know, bring a little symmetry to the thing. <laughs> Do you let your kids put them on? Yeah. With yeah. We of- have a system where they put them all on and then Bobby moves them all to where they should go. Reorganize <laughs> yeah. them to the right place. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the fun, kids though. also don't hang them very well. So then if they slip off and break or something, now you have issues. Yeah. So you got to make sure they're secured well mm-hmm. and give it a little pinch. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. It is. It's fun. It's fun. It's a fun time of year. We're winding down to the end here of 2019. I've been forced to use the 2020 dating over a lot of loan stuff lately, which is weird. Hard to get used to. And well, um, We're starting a new decade. We're out of this weird decade that you can't what what do you call it? It, was, it wasn't the teens, it wasn't the tens. It's was just this weird decade. Now we get into the 20s. At least we can start calling it the 20s now. I'm going to go I'm going to start it now. This is the roaring 20s. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it sounds familiar has a ring to it, but uh, I don't think the roaring 20s ended very well. <laughs> Maybe we should come up with a new name. The boring with a crash, actually. <laughs> like a big one. <laughs> that was well at the end, though. They roared. I know, as I they said, at the end, in the beginning, yeah. October nineteen, <laughs> October nineteen twenty nine, right? Almost the end, end. Yeah, wasn't it October? Yeah. yeah. Hey, there's Something a great like book idea for any of the writers out there. If you like wrote books about how history repeats itself loosely, but by decade in like world or American history, depending on what you like. Where, like, you just can't get away from it. And some people figure out the pattern and then know what's up. That'd be interesting. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so the whole new year coming up. And I know this isn't quite the last show of the season here um, of 2019. But, um, woo, where's your – did you got you got your Lords of Leaping thing yet? I was saving it. for. I, did some, I couldn't <laughs> wait. Do you, I, but do you have it? Or is it for next week? I was saving it, yeah. For not today. I don't even I haven't even looked for it, honestly. I wasn't oh, okay. planning on doing it today. Okay. Well, but yeah, we are gonna I'll be do our, forward to it. our Christmas inflation index. Uh we have two more shows after today, so Yeah. Um so we have time. Uh, okay. We've got lots of time. Okay. I'm I know like, that the Christmas season is a little compressed this year because of the late Thanksgiving, so but uh, don't worry. I'm already re- fi- I'm already ready to start um <laughs> just kinda Packing it up here, you know? <laughs> it's been a long year. been it a has. good year. been a surprising year. A record-breaking year. record-breaking year. Um, super surprising. Yeah. Uh, and and I am excited to see what 2020 holds for all of us. Um, pretty wild. There's a, a handful of things to talk about today. Uh, you know, real estate, some economic numbers, got a jobs report, um, kind of a, a, a pretty good mix of things that are happening and, uh, kind of can't wait to dive all into it. I think one of the things, um, I'll start here and ask you, Dan, Yeah, what's better, man, a jumbo loan or a conforming loan? Better, better. Hmm. I mean, they're all good loans, so uh, just let's depends see. what you need, right? Yeah, it's really about need. And one of our one of our better loan officers sent an email yesterday to underwriting and and um, a few other people on the group, and basically just said, "Hey, I'm 
got to do this million-dollar jumbo loan and want to get the guidelines to sort of look through it and just make sure that nothing's going to surprise me. And I I kind of thought about it for a minute, and I said, well, there's not too much you need to know. By and large, jumbo qualifications, pretty similar to the qualification of conforming loans, where the big differences come in reserves. At the end of the loan, on most conventional loans, people are usually pretty surprised to learn this, too. On a conventional loan, as odd as this sounds, you usually need to be left with just enough money to close the transaction. In a primary residence transaction, yeah. yeah. There are situations where you need to have um, some months of reserves, either for the subject property or for others, depending on if you're doing investment property type of loans. Um, But usually, if you're buying a primary residence or refinancing a primary residence, there isn't a reserve requirement. It's just ever verifying whatever cash is needed to close the transaction. Yeah. And then on jumbo loans, there can be requirements for as much as 24 months of what we call principal interest taxes and insurance. So you look at this property and say, okay, well, the principal interest taxes, homeowners insurance is $3,000 a month, you know, round number it. And they want 24 months of that left in, in acceptable. Grand. Yeah. And it can be in retirement, you know, a percentage of investment accounts. Uh, it can be, you know, money in a checking or savings account. But still, you end up having to document a significant amount of money. Uh, sometimes they want – I've seen some jumbo programs that will require six months or 12 months of reserves for every property that's owned. I'd say that's pretty typical. Yeah. So now you get somebody that owns three or four properties and you go well, – you just did math on one, took us into 70K. Mm-hmm. And so if you find yourself in a position seeking a jumbo loan where – you have four properties that each need 70K in reserves. Now Gotta you need to six figures up. in reserves. Yeah, yeah, well, you need to proof up a quarter million, $300,000 in reserves. Um, that can be a, a, a challenging task for people. Um, and then lastly, the only other thing I'd say about jumbo loans is that um, they're not very lenient on the debt-to-income ratio. Yeah, it's those a, fall into a the the strict QM rules, the qualified mortgage right. rules, where they have that DTI cap at forty three percent. That's right. So where a conventional loan might let you sneak to forty six, fifty, sometimes fifty four percent debt to income ratio, those jumbo loans are usually a hard stop right at forty three. And so um, if you don't make that. For whatever reason, then you're you know, you're going to trim the loan amount or do something else to try to get yourself below that. Um, and the reason I bring it up, of course, is that this week the conforming loan limit was announced to have been changed for 2020, mm-hmm. um, which is great news. And there are some people that are hearing this right now that um, should really listen up. If you have a jumbo loan and you know you do, which really means that depending on the vintage in which your jumbo loan was originated, if it was originated here in 2019, uh, any loan in our county that's over 667 would have been a jumbo loan. And um, that loan limit now has been increased um, for Slow County. It's going uh, up to 690. So you can... 
you can borrow more money now, which really means that if you're or if you're buying a home, you could get a further reach. Sometimes you run into this issue where the conforming loan limit doesn't go high enough and you're um, trying to do a 10 or 20 percent down loan. And just due to the sales price of the homes in San Luis, you get bumped over into this jumbo category, which is pretty, pretty penalizing in terms of interest rate to a 10 percent down transaction. Yeah. Where if you could fall under a conventional loan amount, 10% downs really, I mean, almost equal to a 20% down minus the fact that you're going to have to have mortgage insurance. But the rest of the criteria for the program is the same and the interest rate's really good. Um, so it, it expands and, and opens up this a lot to people uh, just creating more opportunity. And FHFA visits us every year. They do this because markets are appreciating it's not um that's not the loan limit for the whole state no the limits are by county and the reason that they went up they i mean they went up 5.8 percent nationally um and the reason is because home appreciation for the year was measured to be 5.8 percent yeah so it's just following the the national trend of home price appreciation the other reason that this distinction between jumbo and conventional loan programs is important is jumbo is so much more credit sensitive. Um, yes. You know, and I'm not talking like you have to have above a 680 or above a 720 jumbo really wants you to be in the 780 to like 800 plus credit category. Um, and five trade lines of just being a 700 plus score or 740 plus score, which 740 is kind of like the maximum that conventional will even consider. If you're above 740, it's all good. When you get into jumbo, we look at every 20-point increment all the way up to 800 credit score. And and the rates and, and fees are impacted if you're below an 800 score. So oh, yeah. it's another reason why if you can get into conventional financing, it's just it, – it's a path of lesser resistance than a jumbo. Yeah, and by and large on on a conventional loan – when we run your credit, if you have a score and it works, then you're good. On a jumbo loan, we've seen good jumbo loans get denied because there's not enough recent history or depth of the type of trade lines that the jumbo guidelines are after. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, that that's a, a super upsetting thing, you know, when you find out that you can't get the loan that you're after because you didn't use enough credit cards recently. You know, if you're a million-dollar home buyer, some, sometimes those people are just – the reason they're in the financial status they're in is because they're kind of credit adverse. They just – don't use it a lot. It's not a big part of their life. They find out that it's a, a handcuff that prevents them from being able to own a home that they saved a down payment for or something, you know? So anyhow, um, we'll go ahead and do the first commercial break here of the hour. Take some time out to thank the sponsors. And we'll be back here in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending in just seconds. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. 
Hello, this is Mike Points, a co-host of Mortgage Matters and a licensed loan officer with Central Coast Lending. I'm here to invite you to check out a new podcast at smartretirementpodcast.com. This is a podcast I co-host with Matthew Hollander with Century Financial Consultants that talks about all of the things to focus on to make you a smarter retiree. Things like Social Security, how to manage your health care, and so much more. So please go to our website, smartretirementpodcast.com, and subscribe to our episodes. I hope you enjoy it, and I'm sure you'll find it informative. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We're using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look in the five and ten. Listening once again. With candy canes and silver lanes aglow. All right, welcome back. It's beginning What's a five and ten? Is that like a drugstore? It's like the Walmart. Yeah. It's like the a five and dime, store. right? It's like the 99 cents only store is today. Five and dime is like a restaurant yeah. in Seattle. Yeah. Is yeah. it? Like Dollar Tree, basically. All right. Mm-hmm. So the five and dime, yeah. yeah. So we talked about how um, this conforming loan limits going up cross country uh, in an in an effort to just keep even footing with home price home price appreciation. D- and Dan, sir, yes, I'm going to quiz you real quick. Okay, I'm going to stump. I'm going to stump the guy. Okay, 2003. That's where I'm going to go. Oof. Tell me the conforming loan limit when you remember it in 2003. Uh, I was off when I thought. I, I looked it up because I, I tried to remember what it was. And I in was 2003? Yeah. Can you give me any kind of hint? Was this, when it, was this the last time before it froze for like five years? Okay, here's your hint. Okay. 
it popped three times, 2003, 2004, 2005. Um, pretty much increases every year up to 2006 was the final increase, which then rode for like a decade. Okay, 2006, it was 417,000. That's right. I know that. Yeah. I don't know what it was before. It must have been in like the, th- I'm going to go with 334,700. Man, that's pretty close. 2002, <laughs> I'll give you 2000. Um, yeah, first of all, <laughs> oddly enough, 2002, 2003, 2004, all numbers that end in 700. And like the only run on this entire list that ended in 700. So the fact that you even had 700 on your mind is impressive <laughs> to me. Um, but yeah, 2003, it was actually 322.7. And um, 322. I three, do remember that number. Yeah. And so I was thinking about that, right? Was I was um, I was like, yeah, I do remember that because I was underwriting then. And um, so that was a conforming loan. And we did non-conforming loans were gaining a lot of steam during this era, which was like your stated income loans, those kind of things. So they were those by default came out called non-conforming and they were different than subprime. So like conventional loans were prime loans. And then you had because they were a paper loans. Called them a paper vanilla. Yeah. And then. The Alt-A loans, which was a nice way of saying they don't fit the A-paper criteria, which was sort of like the non-conforming loans were just in another bucket. And then all the while you had like subprime, which was technically under the the cloak of Alt-A, but was like the filthy, filthy, right? Yeah. So anyways, those non-conforming loans, the Alt-A paper loans had a loan limit. And I, I will never forget this. It was $650,000. And so over here you have this conventional loan that would go to 322.7. And yes, it would get you a good rate, but um the documentation standards were a lot. And uh, you know, right next door, man, 650 is easy to get. And it's just just ready for you. Um so there's been this uh there was this big tug of war during that era where you know, which type of loan should be being originated. And we know what ended up happening. But I think it's a good reflection to look back um, now and see how when the recession happened, you know, 2007, 8, 9, that era where getting a non-conforming loan, which, by the way, also sort of in the same umbrella holds subprime loans, also held jumbo loans. Those are just the alternative loans. Well, those loans just evaporated. They were just gone. So all these people bought stated income homes where they could get a $650,000 loan, probably a five-year Some kind of adjustable rate. That was going to be interest only for the first five years before it would be redone into something better. Um, And again, you got a $650,000 loan. Well, in that year, you know, like pop up, like we know it froze, the conforming loan limit froze at 417 for a while. Um, So the country faced this issue of, well, all these people over here need new loans. They have adjustable rate interest only loans that were drawn to a max loan limit of 650. And those programs are gone and dead. Many of the banks had offered them. We're already <laughs> defunct. Uh-oh. Um, hey. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't me. Coffee I'm glad it wasn't me. Pretty minimal spill. Sorry about those classic phones over there. <laughs> yeah. 
But so then those borrowers, though, if they weren't already nervous or having trouble, they're having refinance issues because there's this missing product of how to step in and, and help get them funding. And as as and our government became aware of that, Fannie and Freddie came under conservatorship. They ended up um, creating this temporary conforming loan limit, um, what we call these high balance areas. And in the beginning, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember it basically just, it gave you about 115% of your median home value in your county um, for most every county in the state for a handful of years. And so this allowed you to get a conforming loan and get a little bit higher loan amount based on need. Somewhere a couple years into that, they started to scale it back and said, you know what? We don't need to be giving away $700,000 loans in Bakersfield. So we're going to begin to just target really what are the high cost areas, which is mostly coastal California. Those ones will let have a little bit more reach and the rest of them we're going to try to phase back into normal. So today, it's it's really, you know, probably a third of the counties in, in California are able to get to this high cost limit. Um, and the rest of the state is going to be limited off on a single family to 510, 400. So it's up from 484. And so here's another little segment of people um, that would benefit here in 2020 from this change. If you had a high balance loan, the high balance loans, by the way, are usually a quarter of a point more in interest than the conforming at the at the normal non-high cost rate, right? Yeah. So as you're paying your loan balance down, maybe looking to refi, right? Because rates are low. It's kind of been a strategy. If you're a homeowner lately, unless your head's in the sand, you're probably getting solicited and you're wondering where the right time is. Well, what if your loan balance is getting down into that, the five teens, you know, you're at 515, you're at 510, maybe you just made it under 510. Now this conforming loan comes up to meet you there. And now that's where you can get a really good refi. You know, and, and again, you guys, if you're if you're a normal conventional loan going up to for 2020, which is 510, you're going to be able to get an interest rate. And for sake of round numbers, I'm going to call the APR three three point seven five. If you were at 512, you're still going to be able to get a conforming loan, but you're going to fall into that high balance area, and you're going to end up with an interest rate that's a quarter point higher. Probably, let's call it APR of four. So. Just finding your way into that lower threshold um, is going to get you more favorable loan terms. And so, you know, again, you're paying your loan down. These limits are going up. Uh, If you even looked into refinancing two weeks ago, you may have found out there wasn't enough savings then uh, because the higher interest rate of the high cost um, area loan. So just something worth kind of thinking about and revisiting. Um, you and know. we can, we just, you know, this was just an announcement this week and um, we are 
we are able to now accept those locks at the new 2020 limits? Yeah, really for everything but FHA. FHA right. is going to stick us to the case number. But, yeah, we can lock at the new limits right now. And I suspect a lot of lenders probably will soon because we're 24 days away with some holidays from 2020. And most refinances or purchases aren't closing in 24 days. Right. Um, not in the normal path anyway. Um, so... Yeah, it's kind of a um, it's a cool thing, just expanding it a little bit more, and um, you know, it'll create opportunities for us to run back through the database and see who who's amortizing down to this level that could really benefit from a refi. Mm-hmm. Um, who can we get out of a jumbo loan into one of the new high balance limit loans and really save money? I told this story a couple months ago, but I did this with a with a buddy of mine who bought a house six months ago. Um, his loan limit was such that he had to get a jumbo loan and a couple of other things going on. But bottom line is I refinanced him into one of the high balance loans recently and saved him a thousand dollars a month. And, um, his timing was off a little bit because he had to pay his loan down to sneak under that limit. (laughs) And man, if we only knew. Um, he wouldn't have had to bring in uh, money if he had done it after the first of the year, but whatever he had it. He he, good earner with good savings, and you know. And additionally, some of the money that you um, save in a refi, where you pay down the the principal, is just that you're amortizing less and you have less interest cost. Mm-hmm. I pitched another loan this week to some folks that was similar to that about hey put put down an extra 2%. We'll get you that next equity bucket, which is going to lower your interest rate, lower your mortgage insurance, lower your closing costs. So sometimes you do want to write a check from your savings to get it in, even though you're borrowing at really low rates. One other thing that this loan limit increase does is it Fannie Mae has a little carve out where they will do loan to values as high as 97%, but only to that conforming loan limit. So Which the fact kind of got eroded this year. Yeah. As the home prices have appreciated, the it's been harder to find a home that you could do just 3% down unless you wanted to go into the FHA world, right. um, which is more expensive. So by increasing this loan limit in line with the home price appreciation, it should put us right back where we were at the beginning of this year, where yeah. you can get those three percent down conventionals on more hits properties. The reset button, yeah, there. yeah. And of course, the um, the other thing too that you guys should know is that these loan limits, when we describe them, it's important just to remind you for those that this applies to. We're talking the single family numbers here. If you have a two unit property or a three unit property or even a four unit property, these loan limits are increased based on those, um, how many units you have. So this year in Slow County, um, actually in, in all of California here, 981.7, that's how far you could go on a normal conventional loan. Um, for a four-unit property, uh, which, by the way, I think is a great strategy. If you, if you're of that age and demographic right now, where you're looking at buying a home, um, if you can buy your first home and buy 
qualify for and buy a duplex or a triplex or a four-unit property, um, it's such a great way to get your foot in the door and um, really should should be a goal for more people. And now in Slow County, they're hard to find. Um, we just don't see a lot of triplexes and fourplexes around. Um, I just say that knowing other markets where they're plentiful. Um, but here, especially using an FHA loan, uh, you the down payment required for a conventional loan when you buy units grows a little bit. You know, generally you're going to need to put 15% down, which is going to ax a lot of first-time home buyers. But if you could buy one of these with an FHA loan, where you could buy a duplex or a three-unit property or a four-unit property and buy it and qualify for it and live in it. You only need to live in it yourself for one year. Um, but you could buy that with 3.5% down, which is absolutely crazy to me. And it means to me, based on my experience and these numbers, is you're usually just a couple of years away from being able to, you know, move out of the unit that you're living in, rent that to somebody else, have this group of tenants cash flowing the property into a neutral position where, and I also love the diversity of that too. It's not like one tenant is responsible for the whole mortgage. You've got multiple people. So if somebody has an issue, uh, you, you're not totally sunk. So it's a good Four way to- Four people's needs to meet though too. Yeah. Four people who have Four toilets breaking. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Four leaky <laughs> roofs. So there's pros right. and cons, but there's yeah. There's pros and cons, but to somebody, you know, and, and if you're buying like with an FHA loan, if you're doing that, you're not going to be uh, counting the rents from the other units. You need to be able to qualify for this on your own income. But... You know, so, so to me, that person has some reasonable income, which means they're they're sort of just using this whole idea to their advantage. This is how they're going to do it and get in. And we've seen people do that even with just single family home purchases. Sure. They buy one, they move in it, they do some minor improvements, whatever, get it renter ready, and then you know, after a year or two of doing that, they move out, they rent it out, they go on to the next one, and they are habitual home buyers right. turned landlords. And you know what's funny is that uh FHA has this obscure guideline that some people don't know about. You can't say you do that like you buy a house with FHA, you live there for a while, now you're going to rent it out and you're going to buy a new home. You're not going to be able to use another FHA loan um unless you sell that house. You can't be within a hundred miles of a home you use and uh, that you own and use an FHA loan to buy. So when you buy your next one, you're going to need a little bit more down payment. You're, you know, well, unless you can get into one of the Fannie Mae three percenters, but so you got to craft all that together. Yeah. Otherwise we would use an FHA loan. I mean, I'd be doing this myself right now. (laughs) Use an FHA loan, buy a home, wait a few years, refinance it into conventional Use an FHA loan, buy a new home in the same town, wait a few years, refinance it into a conventional, rent it out. Use FHA again. FHA doesn't want to be used that way. So you, it needs to be 100 miles away from a property huh. that you own. But um, anyhow, kind of cool. Definitely a great shot at getting your foot in the door. I'll never forget I helped a dude named Dylan buy a duplex in Morro Bay. 
I I think it was just a duplex. What what reminded me the most, like I'd never forget about this cat. He bought this thing at like the bottom of the bottom of all bottoms for like two hundred ninety thousand bucks or something with an FHA loan, three and a half percent down. Stu put like twelve grand down into this house. Um, lived there for a few years. Decided he didn't like sharing a a, a roof with his tenant. And so he went and bought another house. This place is worth like a half a million dollars, you know, um, just super impressive to me. And I'm like, dang, this dude is like in his 20s. And I'm not even convinced that he knew exactly what he was doing when he did it. He just was looking for a house and it was affordable and it just happened to have a, you know, a door to rent next door. But um, I was like, man, brilliant. If If every person in their 20s had that opportunity to buy a a duplex or a triplex using an FHA loan with like nothing down, which by the way, can be gift from a family member, even an employer. Um, Crazy. It would just be a game changer for everyone's finances to be able to enter your thirties with that kind of stability. Uh, All right. We got to do the final commercial break here of hour one And we'll be back uh, in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. The mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending will be back in just a few minutes. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. 
Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805-772-6786 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the half happiest season of all. All right, welcome back. With those holiday greetings and gay happy Just the Christmas outside seems like it's Christmas. Christmas and Christmas. It is said that. Yeah. A couple times. Yeah. And it sounded the same to me. Yeah. Crisp. Oh, and crisp. crisp Christmas. <laughs> Got it. Just the way it is outside. Yeah. There's some pretty big surf out uh, on the coast, huh? Yeah. I heard it was like 15 feet or something. Yeah. There, yeah. It was, it was big out Can there. Can you see it or is it all just socked in? Well, today it's pretty gray. But yeah, earlier this week I definitely saw some some big waves breaking out there. I like the weather, man. It uh, took so long to rain this year. Oh, really? Felt so dry for so long, and then all of a sudden it started and was just like, "And here's your rain. And yeah, we'll get it. We're for not a just, long time. Yeah, you're not just gonna have a little <laughs> sprinkling just to warm you up to the rain." I opened up my <laughs> my daughter was like, "When's it gonna be sunny again?" This was like on Thanksgiving or something, and so I opened up the iPhone weather app and I click it, and it it only goes out. What, six, seven, seven, days. seven days or so, but it was rain every single day. And I was like, ah, you should just get used to this. It feels like we're just going to have a gray December. Well, good news, Ashlyn. Um, it looks like one more day of some rainy skies, and then we're back to a little bit of sun. Back to blue. Yeah. Yeah. Some I saw on in, on like Instagram and Facebook, too, some people chasing down snow in some places. That looks pretty fun. Mm-hmm. You could just drive somewhere last week and go sled. I didn't go anywhere. Just stayed put. Um. All right. We got a... Now we're at that weird time, too, where it's only so many minutes into uh, the next hour. Well, okay. So I had an idea. 
impeachment. Impeach the president. No, no. I was, you know, we from time to time we try to offer some ideas for the the prospective home buyers. People who aren't aren't homeowners yet. They're renters, they want to figure out how to buy. Give As- them some tips. Aspiring homeowners. Some tips, yes. And okay. you know, we've spent a lot of time uh talking about auto loans. And auto loans are one of those things where it has a big <laughs> impact on your purchasing power. People don't really recognize how big the impact is. And you know, cars have gotten very expensive. Yeah, cars are. I mean, it's hard to find a car for less than twenty, twenty-five thousand bucks. Oh, yeah, I mean, if you're buying newer, if if you're buying even a new car at the twenty thousand dollar price range, you're buying like a rattly beer can sounding car. From what I see now, especially by looking at so many people's credit reports, it's not uncommon for people to be buying a family car that's a $45,000 car. Yeah, we see it all the time. We see those monthly payments on those cars, even though they're stretched out over seven years. Um, there's, yeah. They can be like six, seven, eight hundred plus dollars a month. Um, yep. We're working with one guy right now. He's got like a $1,400 car payment. It's kind of crazy to me. Is that a Tesla? Yeah. Some of those Tesla payments can be very high. I mean, those are hundred thousand yeah. dollar cars, right? In so some here's cases. the deal. I mean, when you're th- when we talk and when we're pre qualifying people for mortgage loans, we're looking at for every hundred thousand dollars you borrow at a four ish percent interest rate, you're with your taxes and insurance factored in. You can estimate that your monthly payment per $100,000 is going to be about 500 bucks a month. So when you have an $800 a month car payment, you that's, that's basically $150,000 of home purchasing power right there. Um, so, you know, we've, we've spent time on past shows talking about this and, and challenging people to really consider what kind of car you're driving if you don't own a home. And if you want to own a home, really think about that. What's important to you? Make sure your priorities are in, are in order so that you're setting yourself up to be able to make that home purchase if that's what you want to do. I was yeah, that that's fantastic advice. And you know, and the other thing too that I think oftentimes we get short-sighted about is um if you have a real transportation need and you really need to have a car and you go out and you buy a car, an expensive car, um, and you finance it, it's going to have a, a pretty significant impact on your ability to buy a home. So you just need to know that and 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 be budgeting with those numbers in mind if that's your goal. Mm-hmm. You should have that sort of thought in mind. Um, you know, and even sometimes... You know, for example, like you said, loans are going out to seven years. They might even go beyond that for some of the newer, more expensive cars. But let's just say seven years common. I think that's an option to most car buyers today. And you can also elect to do a six, a five, a four, a three, or a two-year loan. And so sometimes people just say, you know, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to have a loan for seven years. Give me a four-year loan. And the payment's going to be higher, right? But remember, even that person, those those decisions that you make are radically impacting your ability to qualify. Um, and so sometimes it's not really a function of whether or not you can afford it. It's a function of how is it going to impact your qualifications of if that's your goal. Um, that's just one of the places that uh, are pretty significant. 
The other thing I always like to throw in here, I was asked one time to give a presentation to a group of uh, young people about, you know, said, well, you're a financial guy, do a radio show and stuff. What's the best advice you could ever give somebody financially? And I, I looked at that and I was like, well, other than like buy a house as soon as you can, I, and I really do, I believe that just with my whole heart. If you look around at the people you know that are the wealthiest people, have the most security and stability in their life, they bought and hold real estate over the span of their entire life. So I, that's a big one. That's got to be bullet point number one. Bullet point number two is um, consider consider just trying to adopt a debt-adverse mind of you just don't like debt. And if you can avoid it, avoid it. Um, I shared that example just like you did. A $600 car payment will drop your ability to buy a home by $100,000. And when you look at that that way, think about that, the difference between a $400,000 house and a $500,000 house in a Tascadero or a $600,000 house or a $700,000 house in slow, that difference in price is significant. It's bedrooms, it's upgraded <laughs> it's, kitchen, it's, it's landscaping. There's a home in that price point or there's not. <laughs> Correct. There <laughs> yeah. could be a pool, though. Right, yeah. You, you might go yeah. from a neighborhood to getting to have an acre. That $100,000 makes a lot of difference. So sometimes you just need to remind yourself to calm down. Um, you know, everybody, I think, likes cars. We're like a culture of, of digging cars since we grew up in muscle cars or whatever, and we... It's sort of an iconic thing in our lives. We all like them. Um, so you just have to remember that. Um, and then lastly, the only other advice thing that I brought up that day, which I always like to tell people, if you're thinking of a car payment and you've considered all the things we've already talked about, um, go ahead. Uh, my last advice would be make sure you're putting more towards your savings and retirement than you are towards your car. Don't go get a $500 a month car payment if you're not at least putting 500 bucks a month into your 401k or your savings or both. That's good advice. Um, save more than you, you know, those things, the auto loan becomes forced or you have major blowback. Saving, unfortunately, is so uh, sort of like elective and requires our own self-control. We find people say, well, I can't afford to save. And I'm like, yeah, but you're in a $60,000 forerunner. So uh feels like you could, <laughs> but you valued that over eating when you're 70. Um so anyways, those are those are my three those are my three big points. Buy a house soon and hold it. Careful about your cars and save money into your retirement. It's a big big deal. All right, guys, top of the hour commercial break, about a five-minute break. We'll come back about a whole other hour. We're going to talk about jobs report. There's housing news, uh, other economic things going on around the world. So stick with us after this short break for another hour of Mortgage Matters.
All right. Welcome back, guys. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Mortgage Matters. Just doing it old school today. It's just me and, and Dan Podesto. No, no, no. Fix that before somebody calls in. Dan Podesto and I. Because yeah, I know somebody's going to call in. Call. I, I, I'm just a state <laughs> school kid. Dan Podesto and I. No, not if I say it's just Dan Podesto and me, because if I remove the Dan Podesto, then it's just me. Right. It would be me. Sounds good. We're good. Okay. I don't have bad grammar <laughs> often. Sometimes I I sure do though. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> the phone calls came because we ran an ad. And the ad, like one of the commercials, had so it was like come see my staff and me or something. Yeah, yeah. And then it played a long time, and somebody called and said, this is the worst commercial in the world. And I was like, got you to call. (laughs) (laughs) It's the goal of all advertising, right? Make it memorable. Here comes the ad with the poor grammar guy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So uh, it's feeling funky. It's December 7th, and uh, we've got this whole... December month here, close out 2019. We had our Christmas party this week at work, which was amazing. Um, I'll try the name. You tell me how you would say it. Il Cotil? Cortil, yeah. Yeah. Il Cortil up in Paso Robles on 12th Street. It was a great venue. It was fantastic. Uh, yeah. The food was amazing. The atmosphere is amazing. The staff was great, super friendly. And we say this because we do this every single year. We kind of do like a takeover of a restaurant. Um, and some years are just better than others. Sometimes, there, unfortunately, there is staff that is unimpressed by, uh, you know, needing to serve one group for hours on end like that. But um, we had a fantastic experience up there. If you haven't been in there yet, I suggest you check it out. I'm excited to actually go try it sometime in a kind of a normal mm-hmm. format of just a couple people eating dinner. Yeah. We had a group in there of 60 yeah, people. 55, yeah, something like that. Um, and, but, yeah, it was fantastic, great food. So, yeah, I've been – because of that, I've been in this spirit of kind of like looking back over the year and looking at um, how it's all gone. And and, um, and I, I can't talk about 2019 with this this book. For me, the this chapter is getting written in the book as the surprising year. Uh, we just didn't expect rates to drop and the feds to cut and the business to just be as good as it was. Um we crossed the billion dollars loaned threshold this year. We're we're not going to hit it, but we're almost at a quarter billion in loans this year. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. It's it's good um, when you look when you look back. I mean, and and I don't uh, man. Are, might be losing touch of this a little bit, but there just aren't too many privately owned mortgage companies around anymore. I mean, they're becoming rarer and rarer as time goes by. Like any of these uh, retail shops and stuff. <laughs> it yeah. seems like the big the big corporations are kind of just taking over just everywhere. So, gobbly yeah. gobbly. They you don't see a lot of small Identify the competition and buy them. Yeah. And, just, rah, 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 and then they take over the market and... 
Um, so we're we're hanging tough in here. I can think of at least two of. I, I mean, I would say yeah. I guess there are competitors, but um, two of them got gobbled up this year, and uh, so. Yeah, I think they're we're among the final few, and I'm super proud of the fact that we've been able to be here and grow and develop such a good reputation um, in the county. As just, I mean, we have a strong market share. We've got a good presence, and uh, we really, really, honestly, from the top to the bottom, we try to just do a good job. And um, it's it's a really good feeling to to see to see and feel the fruits of that um, and to have another another great year. Yeah, you reminded our group at our holiday party that um, we started, we, we've grown this thing organically. It's not been, you know, we, we haven't had influxes of private investor cash or anything like that. We started this with our own small amount of money we and we've grown it. Year over year, we didn't over even year. get money from like mom and dad. And no, we just took what we had, and we we thought we could make this work. And slowly but surely, it's working. And I think um, you know the the presence we have in the local market, and and you know the increasing business every year is all great. I think the thing I'm most proud of is uh, creating 31 jobs on the central coast that are good paying jobs. I mean, we have a lot of six-figure earners at our company, um, both on the sales side and the staff side for that matter. And I'm just so proud that we're able to provide these types of jobs in our community where it is hard to find good paying jobs. I think it's still, it's not like being in a big city where there's opportunities everywhere. They're, They're kind of limited here. And to be one of the employers that can offer good head of household jobs is Something that I I really um, feel proud about, and I I hope we can continue to add yeah. the number of jobs available at our company as time goes on. Yeah, when you say that, you know, thirty one jobs, um, I those are head of household jobs. Those are good jobs. I mean, we do sort of have this system of when when we bring on somebody brand new. Um, usually young or just not no experience whatsoever in the mortgage business then those will start those people on an hourly, but man, are these are salaried jobs for the, for the people that are non sales and they're, they are, they're very good jobs. And I too, am very proud of that. Some days I go tell people, I feel like I have um, 34 children <laughs> um, because oftentimes, you know, those people are looking to you for help, especially sure. when they find themselves in crisis. But um yeah, it uh it it's really impressive to me the group of people um when I was preparing to to give the little toast, I always address the group every year at the Christmas party and I started thinking about that and just kind of looking around. So many of these people too were just people that that we knew uh, when the so Dan and I were in the mortgage business and then the recession hit and most everybody we knew that was in the mortgage business like stopped being in the mortgage business. Very few people stuck around because we went through some pretty tumultuous years. And when we were starting our company and we went to some of those people that we did want to work for us and we pitched them like, hey, come join us. And they were like, oh, 
That is freaky. And I don't know if you guys know this, but the mortgage business is in some real peril right now. And we were like, it is, but we're going to, we're going to do it. And uh, by and large, we were unsuccessful at convincing those like operations. People's like, well, here's, unfortunately the necessary evil is going to be that you're going to have to get a license and you're going to have to act as a loan officer while we create a business again, where then you could go back into being on the operation side as we'll, we'll grow and get there. Uh, it was a very, very difficult sell. Um, in fact, I think 0% of people went for it. <laughs> so we had to hire some salespeople that were already salespeople that we knew. But then as the years went on, um, some of the people that came to join us were just good friends of ours that uh, managed uh, surfboard company here in town, uh, worked insurance <laughs> yeah. agency or um, technology firms, just various other entities where they eventually looked at looked at us and said, hey, you guys are doing pretty good. And just knowing us and knowing, um, you know, how we're just good at keeping calm and collected and 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 just getting just blocking and tackling thinking and, long term yeah <laughs> and making it work and and so those people have joined us and it was especially true at the at the end of our um celebration dinner the other night where a, a lot of you probably got some of the same feedback too but it seems as often as somebody could corner me for a quick minute was like just so expressing such deep gratitude of the opportunity provided for them and their family. And, um, yeah, I was super proud of that. And, and again, I like go back and say, you know, well, that was our goal all along, right? Was this a, my, if we had a mission statement at the company, it probably I'd have my hand in it, but I've always told everybody, even before I, we got to have our own company, I always told everyone, this is a business of there's money that you're going to make money. Um, but if you always put the people first, if you put the people first, you, you can't not be successful because we watched so many people before us probably put the people first in the beginning and then eventually put the money first. And then once you back burner the people to the money, you lose both, mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, on and off the court, we've we've been so careful to to put the people first, and that's so that's what they've recognized and gravitated to. Um, so looking around that room was so great for me to realize. And I know I said this that night, but I look around at a group of people that largely put people first. Yeah, and we've assembled a group that all share that that philosophy of how you operate in your day to day life with other people. Yeah, you you treat them well, and yeah. you'll be treated well. It's the simple golden rule. And and really, I mean, I that's <laughs> I'm raising teenage boys, so we talk about this stuff a lot. You know, about like, well, do you stop at that stop sign uh, on the back road at midnight when the odds of anybody being around are slim? Um, I hope so. You know, do you count that putt that you accidentally just yank and you look up and nobody saw? I hope so. Um, you're, those those things that, like I say, on and off the court, you got to draw the line of how you hold yourself accountable. And super, I'm super proud of the of the company and its integrity. And um, 
Yeah, just a fantastic look at that. And, you know, and, and I said when we began this, um, we we started our business in an era where they said, well, the banks aren't lending money. So, well, perfect. We're not a bank and we'll lend money. <laughs> and so we we were just brokering loans in the in the beginning days. But um yeah, we brought more than a billion dollars worth of funding um to the largely the central coast. I mean, yeah, we're licensed through the whole state and we do some other stuff sprinkled around the state, but our our deal is pretty much right here in the county. Uh with our Ventura office, we're getting a a decent footprint down there too. Um, that's a lot of money. And I, I was like, man, as I was calculating it out, I'm like that's a, a billion dollars to, that's a whole lot of money that we've helped, um, people buy, you know, houses and this is shelter. That's a big deal. Um, and a billion dollars is a lot of money. Now I realize that you hear about like Wells Fargo, I think does a billion dollars a month or something. Like so <laughs> yeah. whatever, they're huge. We're never going to be that big. <laughs> Um, I don't even aspire to be that big. That's, that's a whole nother level, but, um, it's cool to be able to look back over like, well, you know, what's a 12 year period and go, ah, there's here, here's, this is the fruit on the tree. It's these people, it's this business, it's this footprint, it's the impact to the community. Um, so been, been good. And so that's the. That's the spot that I'm in right now, which is probably why I feel like it's December. It's time for Dan to do the Christmas inflation <laughs> index. We should probably make our rate predictions for next year. Uh, we should go back and listen to last December, the way we talked about, well, we know interest rates are supposed to yeah. be like, they're, they're, we were told they were going to be like 5.5% or something. And uh, boy, that's not true. Uh, they came well down from where they were. I read this week a good piece that was talking about, um, just to nail it down, from October 2018 to October 2019, uh, the interest rate dropped one whole percentage point. And I, I was talking to a buddy, and I just kind of laughed and said, yeah, you know that people say you should only refi if it drops a whole point. And that's, like, really true when houses were fifty grand. Um, but now that they're five hundred grand, interest rate going down by a quarter of a point or a half a point oftentimes is a good time to refi. And so I'm like, a whole point. It's no wonder we've been so busy. Uh, it's been, um, like I said, 2019. I'm inking it in my diary as the surprise year. Mm -hmm. So, uh, all right, we got to do a first commercial break here. Shall we get back? I want to talk about the jobs report that we just got here for the month of November. So stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. It's time to pay some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hello, this is...
This is Mike Points, a co-host of Mortgage Matters and a licensed loan officer with Central Coast Lending. I'm here to invite you to check out a new podcast at smartretirementpodcast.com. This is a podcast I co-host with Matthew Hollander with Century Financial Consultants that talks about all of the things to focus on to make you a smarter retiree. Things like Social Security, how to manage your health care, and so much more. So please go to our website, smartretirementpodcast.com, and subscribe to our episodes. I hope you enjoy it, and I'm sure you'll find it informative. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We believe that cell phone apps are great for some things and wrong for others. When it comes to something as significant as a mortgage, use our team of mortgage experts. Leave the apps for ordering pizza, not for buying a home. Use your phone for its original purpose and give us a call today. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 with your host, the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. everybody welcome back it's a fun little song i remember i remember growing up we always had these specials around this time of year and the peanuts one was always a fun one yeah peanuts and then there was a it's like a muppets yeah, christmas Ru- rudolph the red nosed yeah, reindeer frosty the snowman you have all these classic little drummer boy things that would come on tv every year mm-hmm. i don't know do they still do that I, you know, not quite the same. Well, I think they, they are. Maybe I was trying to explain this recently to my kids about how, and granted, I mean, we're only in our forties, so a little bit of credibility, but not a lot, you know, to the older crowd here. But I, we're still of the like prior to cable television era. So there was only so many networks and oftentimes your household would only change stations based on uh, the day of the week, maybe, right? Saturday morning cartoons over here, but by and large, like the network, you would spend your time there most evening. And so when the networks chose to air these specials and have this coverage, uh, you know, like everybody saw that and it... Today, it's like, it's just like 
the media is consumed in such a different way. Well, there's so much more content available, and yeah, well, so like much the, of it's recorded. Well, like and, and like the series finale of Cheers, you know, or pick the show doesn't sure. matter. Yeah, but you go back. And everyone stayed up late that night, and they watched that show, and they talked about it the next day, and it was a big deal. Whereas today, oh, it's like in the DVR, they watch it on the cloud, and as no one's even watching things at real time anymore, maybe even your sports. Mm-hmm. And so it's the it's the breakup of that network stuff and the way it just changed the way we consume. And so now, yes, to answer your question, yes, there are networks that are still going to put on a Christmas story and play Charlie Brown and the, you know, the Grinch who stole Christmas and they, they do these things. But it's just it doesn't it's not like 50 percent of households are watching it on this night. Right. You know? yeah. Yeah, Which I think ways. is a bummer. I yeah, know. I have other ways of getting that, too. You know, it's a wonderful life is another one. NBC always plays yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. One As like, I look right back, I, it, I feel like it's it kind of disconnects us a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, we all used to have these things that we would do collectively as a society, mm-hmm. and now we don't. We're everyone's well, doing things differently. And I was too little to know this for sure. So if I'm delusional about this, let me just have my let me just have my time here. Um, but I even feel like even news, right? It was like the network news was like. The, here's the stories, not a whole lot of spin, not a whole lot of attack, just what's going on. That's Today, it's like there were three networks competing with each other on news. Now there's and like, they needed to be accurate and they needed to be honest. Well, today there's like twenty five. There's news a news options. station <laughs> built for whatever kook audience exists for this, or then, or like a, just a specific region, or yeah, it's just. And so then they just well, this is nope. You guys are all thinking about it wrong, and that network's a bunch of liars. This is the way it really is, and it's like okay, the. Undermine the whole thing for me that none of you are right. None of you are honest about this conversation. And, it, yeah, the, it just – I feel like maybe media is the root of all of you. used to be money. <laughs> maybe it's media now. I don't know. Staying out of this conversation over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, every time I go down this rabbit hole, though, you want to know where I finish? Hmm. It's just how I know I'm getting old. <laughs> I miss the way things used to be. Back in the old days, like well, your dad used to say, right? <laughs> there may be some good news. I, My wife was telling me recently she was reading that um, younger and the younger generation that they're that screen time is actually starting to plateau and if not even go down a little bit that they've they've you know our kids have now they've i mean screens have been available in plentiful amounts to them their entire lives my goodness for us we started like i remember when i was a kid we had one tv in the house mm-hmm. and then and you like, were the remote at some point you like <laughs> we have two tvs in our house dang dude look at them they got two tvs yeah, and then wow, they got a TV in every room. You That's actually crazy. Had to get up and walk to the TV, and but now everybody's got the their channel. own little personal TV in their pocket. <laughs> yeah, and so kids now, like, so for our parents and for us, it was like, is this new thing? And there's all this new stuff every day. There's new, new channels, new things, new stuff, new ways to consume. Free trials, and now for our kids, <laughs> they've got all the ways to consume since birth, and right. so it's just not as a big of a deal to them. So maybe that's a good. 
maybe we're hitting a good point here where we're going to trend back to just valuing the the real human to human interaction that I hope so. is available to us in life. Cuz the alternatives <laughs> Wally. <laughs> right. Where everyone's just like in a recliner in space with a virtual reality all headset got our avatar. on. Yeah, and you're just not <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just not it's not even really living anymore. <laughs> Earth's too polluted to grow anything. People <laughs> eat not. synthetic food only. <laughs> uh, Let's hope not. Let's no. hope not. Uh, I did want to dive into this jobs report a little bit here. Um, always fun to talk about. So in recent months, we got away from talking too much about ADP. Okay. Um, so that's your private payroll provider yeah but they provide like the payroll to like they're big 70 i mean am i exaggerating it's like 70 percent of the nation i I don't know it's a significant portion i don't know if it's a third so much whatever it's such a significant portion and the there's such a history to how long they've been using and analyzing and projecting this data that they have their arms around it reasonably well yeah so it got to be so much that in the economic calendar, which comes out, you know, every week, every month, tells you what's going to be known. the The ADP jobs report usually comes out a couple days before um, our Bureau of Labor and Statistics. Yeah. Is it Bureau of Labor and Statistics or know. Department of? It's something anyway, labor. Yeah, <laughs> they got to go through and drum up their report of you know. Well, here's how many jobs we got and all this kind of thing comes out the first Friday of every month, generally. Um, the ADP that came out this month um, showed that um, companies added uh, 67,000 jobs in November. Wildly different from the federal statistics. Friday morning, <laughs> the the market gets walloped with this report that we added. Um, an expectation, by the way, leading into the report was somewhere around 180,000 jobs, maybe as much as 200,000 jobs. We added 266,000 jobs in the month of October of November. Um, and by the way, a backward revision to October. So they're always sort of make these quick judgments, right? And it, it, like I said, it's the first Friday of every month. So sometimes you're going to have a Friday where that is the first and and that could cause for a delay or if a Friday happens to be a holiday or a bank holiday or Thursday is. And so then it's just not enough time. They'll sometimes they'll push it out to the next Friday, but they spend all this time after that going back to look later at the data in more depth. And so each time we get a Josh report, we also get a look back at how accurate the previous announcement and reading was and are there revisions up or down? And do those revisions up or down help or hinder the current data as we're trying to, you know, and these things are just all about trying to understand the trajectory of the employment market in the U.S., right? Are we doing good? And should we feel confident and keep going gangbusters? Are we slowing down? Should we prepare for impact? Um, and then last month, now that we have more time to spend with all that data, was it as good as we thought? Was it better or worse? So you get this gully washer of a jobs report for November with an upward revision to October. Um, that's pretty fantastic news uh, in this economy right now. 
Yeah, it's it's quite amazing. I'm sitting here looking at these graphs. I'll turn the computer. Um, watching the unemployment rate from 2010, just the the big slide down. Um, even earnings have been pretty impressive. Um, you know, we took a big tumble at that same 2008-9. Um, earnings earnings were growing at a three and a half percent clip then, and fell all the way below two percent and at a two percent annual pace. And then we have just we've kind of done the whole curve up, um, and we're we're now back in the. 3.1, 3.2 range of annual earning um, increases. So it's just amazing to see how this economy has rebounded. And 12 years in or 10 years, I mean, it's arguable when when the recovery started. But here we are a decade or more into this recovery, and we're still seeing months where we're adding 200 plus thousand jobs. It's It's just so surprising how long. I mean, are, would you still consider this? A recovery? <laughs> it, it, you don't feel well, like that's it the is, interesting but... thing about all of that, though, is that you're however you're going to term it. It's easiest to term it in retrospect, right? So, at some point in the history books, they're going to identify the recession, the recovery, the growth cycle. And then the recession again, right? Mm-hmm. And we know, we all know, I mean, history's told us, this is something we all know for sure. There's another recession coming. Is it in a year or four? Um, those of us that are wanting to say, well, it's in a year, are basing it almost solely on the stat you just dropped about really 10 years worth of uh, bull market here in most ways, right? Yeah. We can't. It can't go up forever. Well, we yeah, we know that. And so, um, how much higher can it go up? Well, truth is, you have no idea. How long can it sustain? Truth is, you have no idea. Um, and so, yeah, it's been a good long run. If you had to bet, um, you'd probably smarter money would be to say it. It isn't going to go for four more years. We're already. This is the longest growth cycle that's ever been seen in American history. So how long can it go? I don't know. We don't know. But when you get these kinds of jobs reports in that run and see unemployment was expected at 3.6, came down to 3.5. Hourly earnings, like you just mentioned, up 0.2%. They were expected actually to be a little bit higher than that, but um, that ain't bad. We also, um, last week, there was a the second read of Q3 GDP for the nation was revised upward from 1.9 to 2.1, which for me, if it's nothing more than just psychological, to get out of the ones. Sure. Right? Sure. Um, and so that's an interesting thing. Um, we, we're just seeing our markets are confident in in the growth and the sustained growth um consumer confidence is doing pretty well again um next week i think we'll have a bit more clarity on consumer spending and retail sales and more things but um we're already sort of the the pieces that we're scratching at are telling us that the consumer is spending money and feeling pretty good um I personally, just like you were saying about uh, the screen time with the kids today, mm-hmm. 
I started to get to the point, um, and I'm just going to call this, I don't know what else to call it, so I just call it consumer fatigue. Is there just, it's just consumer fatigue, right? The The seasons are stretched out so far now that is Black Friday didn't even matter this year, did it? No, because it started on October 1st. Not only that, <laughs> but there's a thing for Saturday and Sunday, and then there's... Was Prime Monday? Is that cyber? A thing? It's Cyber Monday. Whatever. And then bottom line yeah. is whatever bargain basement deal that you thought you used to get on Black Friday, you have to believe pretty much now is like, well, Black Friday is just the announcement of the sale price that'll set the low watermark that we'll look for over the next few weeks. Right. As we, you know, so you just so you get this consumer fatigue about I'm kind of just disinterested in whatever you guys have got to offer because it never proves to be as special as we all thought it was. It becomes the new. In fact, I was my dad. We were watching the news on, on Black Friday and they had people camped out and some fighting people pulled a wig off some people and trampled some people to get into some store. And my dad said, in all my years, he said, I did the Black Friday thing one time. He said, I waited outside a store for about an hour before it opened um, to buy a tool that was like half off or something. Yeah, it was like a Milwaukee sale and he was getting like a Milwaukee saw or something like that that was a just those things just don't get reduced that way and he needed it for work and so he waited and uh he said that that sales price became the normal sales price for every time they had a sale uh f- like forever from there and he was like I just felt like such a fool I went there and I bought the hype and I waited and I got the thing and then it was that price like every time it went on sale after that and I just laughed and I'm like oh see cuz I'm like I think that's the norm you know, I just like the Black Friday is just the announcement of the sales price about what should be expected from here on out yeah. for that thing that you had to have. Well, and you get desensitized to it because you get hit with these solicitations, whether it's a little banner ad on the screen you're looking at or an email spam thing that you get because you happen to browse something on a website one day and you can't shake this ad for 30 days i'm waiting for one of them to show up in my truck like on the speedometer (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna gonna pop up like be nothing you can do about it it's just gonna be like uh uh, michelin tires are better (laughs) Uh, you know that's as we move towards self-driving cars you know it's just an opportunity to have ads you're gonna be (laughs) or you're gonna be like instead of it just be a pop-up ad your car's just gonna get off the freeway and park you in front of wendy's We heard your stomach growl, Dan, back on I-15. And so here we are at Wendy's where they're having a special on, uh, you know, this burger. And you can get it with that. And here's an instant coupon. Uh, should I drive you through the drive-thru, Dan? Let's hope not. Can you, car? Car. Can you put me back on the highway? Uh, funny. It's probably what's coming. Maybe. Maybe. I know what is coming. We have a commercial break coming, and it's coming right now. Uh, We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending in just seconds. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand-new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, 
built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 low the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast, Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending. All right, guys, welcome back. We got another, uh, oh, man, quick 15 minutes here. I, I wasn't completely honest with you during that last segment. I'm going to come clean now. Um, I made some purchases on Black Friday. And uh, I, in fact, there were things that I needed to buy. A new computer um, and some podcast stuff for our 2020 plans. And uh, I, I was ready to pull the trigger on them like a week or so before, but they were electronics, right? And someone, like, what knucklehead? Which, by the way, I think this is part of the um, the reason these stats are becoming less meaningful. Um, 
my wife and I went to Costco earlier in the week, like on Monday, for just shopping. Mm-hmm. And I saw a guy putting a TV into the back of a, a little SUV on Monday, five days before Black Friday. Like, dude, you should wait for Friday to buy that TV. Well, what are you doing? Uh, but anyway, so that was me. It was like two weeks before Black Friday, and I'm like, I got to buy a computer, and I got to buy some of this other electronic stuff. So I'm just going to wait for Black Friday and catch it at the bottom. Um, and it turns out part of it got cheaper. Basically, I saved about 150 bucks, and which was probably 10% or something to wait for Black Friday. But so that's the other thing I wonder. How many people now delay the sale they would have otherwise? I mean, what, what I bought, this wasn't a luxury. This was a need for me. I had to have this stuff. It was imminently being purchased. But instead, I just delayed the purchase to buy it during this thing. So I'm going to get counted now for about 1500 bucks into this pool of, like, people have busted open their wallets for Black Friday. Like, yeah, you, find me just, you finally just tricked me into believing I should just wait for that day to make my purchase because it's going to save me a little bit of money. Um, in my case, it did. I saved 10%. But that's just how many people are not buying the thing they need to buy while they wait? A lot. A lot of people. Unless it's something that you can't live without. Like if your washing machine fails, you're going to, you know. But otherwise, you know, if you need a fridge or a washer or a TV, you need to wait for like the Super Bowl or Memorial Day or Fourth of July. Like there's there's these times where the people that sell those things just tell you, dude, if you're if you're just trying to just meet the desires of your heart and upgrade that thing, you ought to wait a minute here and come get it when it's a lot less. But if it's your if it fails and you can't stretch, you're gonna buy it whenever. Yeah. So yeah, aren't they just conditioning us all to wait for these? There's sales all the windows? time. I am not a consumer, <laughs> so I don't at all get worked up about Black Friday or whatever. There's always a sale. It's always coming. There's a holiday every month, so there's always an opportunity for great retail marketing. Yeah. And lure you in for the great next thing. marketing. <laughs> the marketing is getting so yeah. good. Looking ahead, next week, we are going to have that retail sales report on Friday. So we'll get a peek, like you said, at um, the November retail sales and see how that Black Friday did uh, (sighs) stack up. We also have a Fed meeting next week. Um, This one is not expected to be uh, very exciting. It's, It's expected to be the beginning of a holding pattern. Yep. Um, So we should be at the end of the... Are we still calling them mid-cycle adjustments? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we're at the end now of the mid-cycle adjustments here, and, and the Fed is going to, at least all expectations are that the Fed will just decide to keep rates the same, be in a holding pattern, continue to monitor uh, economic data, and decide where to go from here. Um, and, but we also have inflation, other uh, inflation indices. We've got the consumer prices and producer price um, indices both coming out next week. So there's a, there's going to be a lot of good information next week. Um, and, of course, when we come on the air, I will be ready to share the Christmas inflation index with you. I know that's a big deal. Yeah. Got to know how, the, how much those partridges in a pear tree have increased over the last 12 months. It's well, always surprising, too. Some of them have come down. Yeah. Yeah. It's more available. You never know when there's a shortage, too, on some of those skilled trades. Right, yeah. I'm looking forward to that.
Um, there's a few housing things that I want to punch through before we get run out of here. Um, just to keep you all in the know here. Um, first of all, we have a the Case Shiller Home Price Index came out this last week, showing us um, the kind of the story of real estate nationally. They keep a broader 20 city index. They also do a smaller 10 city index. And then they have um, cities that they drop into the composites that um, kind of tell tell us what's going on in specific markets. So on the, the biggest sense, the 20 city composite, we see um, home prices increased 3.2% annually. Um, up a little bit from August, which August, so this is sort of uh, like if you picture the graph kind of going down, this is going to be a little bounce on the bottom of kind of heading back up amongst a declining trend. So we've had home price appreciation falling somewhat consistently. Um, it was 3.1% appreciation in August and up to 32 in September. And so we'll just happen to see if, you know, there's a balance there where we're heading into. Um, interesting that 3% could possibly be the floor of the low level of home price appreciation. Um, so that's the 20 city composite. Um, on the 10 city composite, the, the annual increase was unchanged from the prior month. Um, it was an annualized increase of one and a half percent. And so um, San Francisco making the news here as the only city in the composites to show an annual decline in home prices of 0.7% negative. Man, that feels like some relief, I bet, to people living up in the Bay Area. It's not a meaningful amount of money. (laughs) But I wonder if psychologically does it, um, you know, I know for sure that San Luis Obispo, if you talk to the realtors that are connected regionally and and analyze these trends, um, they say that San Luis Obispo County follows San Francisco Hmm. um, the way that some of those um, numbers work. And so it made me wonder, hey, so is this the beginning of the season where – because San Francisco is a big enough city that this is not because – a big house sold for less than it could have. It's not Cayucas. Some new development popped up and affected Undermi- overall trends. Undermined, yeah, right. the other 30 availables. This yeah. is San Francisco City's huge. Right. So this is not, you can't easily dismiss this as a blip. It means that the that period, the year-over-year period ending in September was overall, the numbers are showing that their market declined almost 1% in sales price. So Hmm. that obviously we'll just pay attention to and see what changes there. Uh, But like you said, yeah, it's got to be so welcomed. (laughs) For that Um, area, yeah. And and also I bet you most of the people there, even the homeowners there, are like, man, let it come down. (laughs) Take some of the pressure off. Um, The housing market there just has its foot on the back of everyone's neck and – it was like no relief in sight. So this is not a meaningful change, but I think psychologically it's like, okay, well, um, maybe this is that plateau or close to it and um, give the opportunity for wages to catch up a little. Um, so anyhow, still really, though, 
uh, nationally just positive and and within a real healthy range. Um, we also found out this week that new home sales um, dropped by 0.7% to a seasonally adjusted rate of 733,000 units. Um, they said that the new home sales are held down a little bit just because of the south and northeast regions were struggling. Um, but bottom line is it it feels year over year new home sales are up 31.6%. I mean, that's... That's big. That's meaningful. A couple of weeks ago, we had um, Steve Del Martini from Compass, from Compass on. I always want to say Compass Real Estate, but it's not. It's just Compass. Um, anyways, he was on sharing with us the number of new home units that are just about or already hitting the market now here in San Luis Obispo County. There's a number of developments in San Luis Obispo where. You're seeing structures being built all over, what is that, that east end of San Luis Obispo, um, kind of out there by the airport and the Marigold Shopping Center, or not Marigold, but the I guess the Vaughn Shopping Center out there. I call that south. Is that, is that south? Pretty sure. Okay. Because usually where you are, the mission is north. Okay. So I usually just try to think the mission north, and that puts me here south. Am I wrong? I don't know. I'm thinking of standing in different parts of San Luis Obispo all around the mission. They can't all be north. That, of course, is true. <laughs> you can't be too close to the mission. What am I, at the North Pole, where it's everywhere I go of, is north? The mission is magnetic north, wherever <laughs> you are. We're sort of used to it, of it here in town right now. I'm going to look yeah. at my map right now. But I, that to me, like from anyway, this part of town. Then, you know what I'm talking about. That end of town, out by the airport, where all the homes are being built. A lot of new homes out there. Um, Steve was sharing with us, there's like 300 units of multifamily units coming on. These apartment buildings um, all around the county. And, and and then that's just talking about, I mean, what I've mentioned here so far is just San Luis Obispo. There's developments up in Atascadero. There's new developments up in Templeton. Uh, we've got, I mean, they're starting to talk about big developments up in the Paso Robles area. Um, there's stuff down in South County. There's a lot of new units hitting the home. These are developments that have been in the works since the, um, end of that recession period that developers, you know, started working through the process. And here we are, uh, five to 10 years later, and these are becoming actual new home units. So while the national trend might be kind of down from, for this most recent reading, Locally here, we're starting to see a lot of new units coming on. And, and I mean, what, you even said year over year we're up 30% in new home sales? Yeah, 31.6%. So, I, you know, I, I expect that, that we're going to start to see a lot of the new home. I mean, we're already seeing them. We're already seeing a lot of that new home stuff being being purchased here locally. So it's um, it's a good time. It's helping bring the market in balance again, which has been so long since we've had a balanced housing market. Um, it's it's refreshing to see these new homes help help stabilize pricing and and provide people a little bit of an opportunity to consider options and take a breath and not feel like they have to make some you know urgent offer on a home. Now. Right. It, it's it's a little bit of relief i think well and you know um <clears throat> this week there was multiple news articles again about the just the the crisis in the housing shortage nationally 
Um, and some good articles uh, I've read. So pick your news source. They all had a similar article this week about 2020 um, being a pretty difficult year for real estate in terms of first time home buyers with the prices, with the low level of inventory, um, and that these conditions are likely to maintain or even get worse heading into next year. So, um, the number available, the prediction is that the number of homes available for sale will hit a record low this year. Number Compa- of homes for sale. Yeah. So, um, well, so if there's l- any silver lining, it's that rates are likely to remain at these levels where right. we're, what we know right now is that the Fed is likely to stay in a holding pattern for rates and the the loan limits have increased. So. Yeah, which brings us here. Um, if you guys have a desire to figure out um, what a refi looks like for you, if you want to save some money, get in under one of those new loan limits, uh, give us a call. We're 805-543-LOAN, which is 543-5626, or you can find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. Thanks very much for being with us today. We'll be back next week with another live episode of Mortgage Matters. This is 920 AM and FM 96.5 KVEC, San Luis Obispo. It's 11 o'clock on the Central Coast. From ABC News, I'm Chuck Severson. President Trump making the announcement of a prisoner's swap with Iran. ABC's Julia McFarlane in London. A 38-year-old American graduate student jailed in Iran has been freed as part of a prisoner exchange. A statement from President Trump reads, A Princeton University graduate had been held under the pretense of espionage since August 2016. We thank our Swiss partners in negotiating his release with Iran. This in exchange for the U.S. releasing an Iranian scientist.